Tell your neighbor, I receive the word. I receive the word. Shout it. Say, I receive the word. I believe the word. I believe the word. I work on the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. The word works. Shout it again. I receive the word. I believe the word. I believe the word. I work on the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. The word works on me. Yeah. So we're going to continue with our series on kingdom behavior. Tell your neighbor kingdom behavior. Behavior. Yeah. For the past few weeks, I've been teaching on kingdom behavior, and um, um, you'll be running with a bit of the series until possibly we close the year and um so um prepare yourself embrace yourself for what god has in store so let's continue where did we get we got off um last um two weeks ago before i traveled on uh, kingdom um how you as a kingdom person please move forward with for me with the slides how you as a kingdom person you are supposed to dress tell your neighbor dress modestly as a kingdom person as a kingdom person yeah the bible made us understand that our dressing our dressing should be in a modest manner that glorify god not just our dressing everything about us should be in a way to glorify god look at your neighbor and check whether the addressing is glorifying god or not if it is not glorifying god we will need to know what to do to them right now. Check them from head to toe. Check them out. Is your dressing glorifying God? Say, in this church, we glorify God with our dressing. In this church, we Hallelujah. Yes. So, let's, whatever that you dress or put on, glorify God. Tell your neighbor, let it glorify God. Yes. And we took a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, and 1 Timothy 2, 9. Um, therefore, shall we read one go? Therefore, mm -hmm. whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all the glory of God. Yes. Everything you do, let it be to glorify who? God. And number two, the second scripture we took, 1 Timothy 2, 9. Let's take that one as well. And then we can quickly move on to the next slide. I've got a lot to um, do today. Shall we read one go? Okay. Can I just make a little adjustment to this scripture? Now, in this particular scripture, Timothy was, I mean, Paul was speaking to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor who was pastoring a church. So Paul, who was the father in the Lord to Timothy, was kind of admonishing Timothy how he should teach the women in the church on how they should carry themselves. And so, and, but these days, um, 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 at, so at the time that this particular scripture was referring to the women in Timothy's church. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so, but here I want us to add men. So, in like manner, shall we read? Add men. Uh -huh. Men add. Mm -hmm. Costly what? Ask your neighbor, how much is your dress? Let's go to the next slide. <laughs> next one. So, 
Paul was admonishing us that we should, all that he was trying to say in that scripture was that we should be modest in our presentation as believers. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, be modest. be modest. Tell your neighbor, be modest. be modest. Yes, don't try to scare people when you come to the presence of God. So kingdom behavior number six, I said it is required by God that we fellowship with each other. Tell your neighbor, fellowship. Fellowship. Yes, we talked about fellowship and uh, scripture admonishes us that we should fellowship. We should not neglect. We should not forsake the gathering or the assembly of the brethren. It is key and required by God that we gather together to fellowship. It is part of your biblical requirement as a Christian. Amen. Yes, God requires you to be in his presence and gather and fellowship and connect because there is a certain dimension of grace you receive when you connect to an altar. If you are, I mean, there are certain people um, that post-COVID, they have never gone to church again. They feel like they can still watch um, 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 sermons on tv and still be okay but i can confidently tell you there is a certain dimension of grace you still miss somehow when you don't connect to an altar so if you watch only sermons not unless you have got one particular person that speaks over your life and you know and the person you think you are watching also knows you if they don't know you you don't have a cover you are vulnerable to the enemy. So you need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that it is key to connect to an altar. Somebody say it's key. It's key. God requires us to be gathering together as his people to fellowship. Amen? Amen. Yes. And so we talked about gathering together as, as God's people to fellowship. Let's go to the next slide. I've thought about that. So I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reiterating a few points. And one of the things that most of the time, this is what happens. And I, I'm, I just needed to put this across again before I begin to present what I have for you this morning. Now, this is how the devil gets to destroy you as a Christian. Most of the time, the first thing the devil does to you is to draw you away from church. Somebody say, draw you away from church. You see, the devil cannot destroy you immediately. He destroys you gradually even before you realize that you are destroyed. Why? Because he does it slowly and in a subtle manner that you don't even figure out that it's happening. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. You don't figure out that it's happening, but before you realize you are gone. He draws you away from church and once you are drawn away from church, you will say, oh, me, I can pray at home. Me, me, I can pray at home. Before you realize that prayer at home that you think you are praying, it will die. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. And after that, now you will be disconnected from the, from the word of God. So he first disconnects you from gathering together among God's people. That is the first thing. The next thing he does is to draw you away from prayer. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. And after that, he disconnects you from God's word. And right after that, then you don't have a covering. You become totally vulnerable to be attacked. Amen? Amen. And I illustrated it with the umbrella here the last time. You remember? 
Yes. Yes. So once you don't have the cover, you are vulnerable to anything, any arrow, any attack, any form of projections comes at you. And before you realize you are out. Amen. Amen. So you need as a kingdom person, always try your best to connect to God's people, to connect to the house of God. Can I tell you something? Yes, sir. I always say, how many of you wake up sometimes and you don't feel like coming to church? You don't feel like going to church? Oh, okay, some of you, you don't, you are very spiritual. Let me tell you, even me, sometimes I don't feel like coming. Oh, you think it's, it's, it's because you're a pastor, you, let me tell you, some, I wake up sometimes, I don't feel like coming. It's true. If you tell me you wake up every Sunday and you are always free, you are lying. You are not being real. There are times you don't feel like coming to church. But I don't come because I've got work to do. I come because I am committed to God. Yes. Are you getting me? Yes. Yeah. Naturally, there would come a time you would desire not to even be in the presence of God. But you need to break away from that um, 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 inertia and push yourself to still be in the house of God. Why? Because it's a matter of commitment and not convenience. You don't serve God out of convenience. You serve God from the place of commitment. Are we together? Yes, sir. If you... I mean... oh. Today, I don't feel like, yes, you don't feel like, but you still push yourself and you go. Why? Because it's a matter of commitment and not a matter of what? Convenience. There are certain people, they only come to the presence of God when they feel like. Imagine if God decides to give you life when he feels like. I'm telling you, you would have been dead. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Because some of the things you do to God and he looks at you and he feels like even finishing you like yesterday. But he's committed to loving you regardless of your flaws, of your frailties, of your weaknesses. He's still committed to loving you and blessing you and keeping you. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So you need to serve him not out of your feelings, but from the place of what? Commitment. Tell your neighbor, be committed to God. Be committed to God. Tell your neighbor, be committed to God. Be committed to God. Yes. We need to get to a space where we are committed to him in our service to him, in our dealings with him, so that when he sits in heaven and he sees how committed you are, I'm telling you, he begins to usher and release blessings over your life. Amen? Yeah, go to the next one. If Satan succeeds in doing what he did, go back. If Satan succeeds in pulling you away from church, Pulling you away from prayer, pulling you away from the word of God, and pulling you away from your covering. This is what happens. Number one, <laughs> you are finished, Kabisa. If the devil, take me back again, we'll be rotating. If the devil succeeds in pulling you away from church, pulling you away from prayer, pulling you away from the word of God, and pulling you away from your covering, you are. Because uh, you are finished. Why? Because now you become his. You, you are under his territory. Number two, what happens is that your gates are open. What do I mean by your gates are open? You see, how many of you sleep and you open your door? Even if you live in Karen, you close your door. 
In fact, those ones, they close even tighter. Are you getting me? You close your door. No, you close your Some people even wake up in the middle of the night. You still go and check whether the doors are closed. <laughs> Meanwhile, the thief in their neighborhood, you, ah, he doesn't even want to come to you. When you're spiritually, when we say your gates are open, that means you can be attacked by anybody and anything at any time. When your spiritual gates are open, physically, when your gates are open, thieves and robbers can assess you. But spiritually, when your gates are open, any enemy, any witchcraft, any satanic attack can get to you at any time. Why? Because you don't have a cover. You are connected from the presence of God. You are connected from prayer. You are connected from the house of God. You are connected from fellowship. Once the enemy succeeds in disconnecting you from this, you are done. Your gates are opened. In fact, if we choose if you choose to open your gates every day, even the, the, before you realize, everything will get finished. The first time I came to Kenya, my first trip to Kenya was in 2012. I was living in a hotel in town. Nice hotel. Guess what? My door was locked. They broke the door and stole everything I had. And I mean everything. They stole even my clothes. They stole, I had about 10,000 pounds on me. I had, I had money I had received um, also within the city and things. You know, I, had, I was in England that time. So I was flying here and then go back home. That time we're going to, I think, dedicate, um, is it do a naming ceremony for my, my son, my second boy or something like that. So I had a lot of things with me. So I had flown in here. So from here I was going. So I was preaching that time for Bishop Pius Muriru. And um, I finished the conference. And I went to um, 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 my hotel room. And then as I finished, as I went to my hotel room, I came down. I went to have dinner. By the time I went up, the door was broken. Not, they broke the door. Broke the door. Literally. Broken. And everything was stolen. The only thing they left for me was my passport. The thieves were so smart. At least they want to tell you, go back home in peace. <laughs> that one, the doors were locked. It has security door. It has, there was CCTV in the hotel. But guess what? They went to check. There's nothing. It was an organized crime. Inside job, yes. Now, I knew the one that stole, but you see, you cannot prove spiritual things in court. You don't have evidence. Say, sir, I, this one is the one that stole. How do you, this guy, how do you prove it? He says, I'm a prophet. I can see, I saw. In the realm of the spirit, I saw. <laughs> so, that thing went to the police. They took fingerprints of the people that I suspected, whatever. Guess what? It didn't go in. Because I, was, I still needed to go back. 
to London. So guess I had to leave the whole case and then, but guess what? Within six months, the guy that stole looked for me. He had developed a disease that doctors could not even cure. Guess what? He eventually died. Why? Because he said he, he was not alone. It was organized by four people. He told me everything. But I think it's still somewhere in my email. I'll look for it and one day I will, I will come and show you. I mean, he told me he was looking for me to apologize. But it was too late. He died a mysterious death and it could not be traced. How? Because of what he did to a man of God. That one, my gates were closed. So imagine you, your gates are open in this Nairobi. So when the devil succeeds, let's continue. In taking away, I mean, disconnecting you from prayer, from the word, from God, from your covering, from church, you are finished. Number one, your gates are open. When your gates are open, what happens? You become vulnerable. Vulnerable to attacks, to sicknesses, to strange things. You become vulnerable and you are exposed. Tell your neighbor you are exposed. You are exposed. Yes, you become exposed to anything and anybody. When your gates are open, when the devil succeeds in disconnecting you from your covering, number one, you are finished. Number one, your gates are open. You Number three, you become vulnerable. You become exposed. Number four, he flashes you with many demonic suggestions. When, oh my God, put your hand on your head. Say, I, my, my head is sanctified. Say my mind is sanctified. My mind is sanctified. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. See, when he succeeds in disconnecting you from your covering, he starts to flood your mind with strange thoughts, strange ideas, demonic ideas for that matter. Sometimes some of the thoughts that will flood run through your head. You even begin to question yourself whether you know Jesus. Whether you are the same person that was lifting up holy hands in church. You see, the devil does this thing so in a subtle manner you don't even realize it. Before you realize it, it's already done. Amen? Amen. Yes. He flashed your mind. I was, when I was flying down, I was preparing a sermon in the air. You know, when you are closer to heaven, 40, 45,000 feet above sea level, you hear God very well. I was preparing a sermon and it's so, it touched my heart. I, I wish I could preach it this year, but I'm not, I'm not even sure that I can preach it this year. How, why the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Bible also talks about guard your heart with all diligence. For from it comes what? The issues of life. I was just reading the Bible and those two scriptures connected in my spirit and I kept can I tell you, when the Bible says out of, um, 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 and guard your heart, your heart is your mind. I mean, your heart signifies your emotions. Your soul, your, that is your soul, your mind, your emotions, and everything that has got to do with that area of your life. Do you know anybody that controls your emotions controls you? Uh, okay, let me explain. Let me bring it home so that you'll understand. There is this guy you have. When that guy begins to twist your head 
every single thing around your life goes down. You can't think, you can't function, you can't literally do anything. Do I have a witness? Good. So that is why the Bible says, guard that part of your life. Guard it because if you don't guard it, my friend, you are finished. Are you understanding me? I will teach it next year. You will love it. Or I should teach it next week. <laughs> anyway. So if you don't have a covering, you are completely what? Finished. Demonic thoughts begin to run through your mind. Next point. Next slide. Yes. Kingdom behavior. Tell your neighbor kingdom behavior. Kingdom behavior. One thing that God requires of you as a kingdom personality is that you must be available and willing. Uh, did I talk about this last week? Even the one I talked, I didn't. We start here. Okay. Tell your neighbor be available. Be and willing. And willing. What God requires from you as a kingdom person is that you must be available and you must be. Tell your neighbor, be willing. Be willing. Tell your neighbor, be willing. Be willing. Yes. You see, what do I mean by being available and what do I mean by being willing? There are so many people who are available but they are not willing. They are available to do what God wants them to do, but they are not willing to do it. And there are so many other people who are willing to do what God really wants them to do, but they are not what? Available. What? The person that God used. There is a book I read many years ago titled, The Man That God Uses. Now, the man that God uses is the man that is available and willing. When God called in heaven and said, who shall I send and who will go? Isaiah said, send me and I will go. In other words, I am available to be sent and I am willing to be sent. You cannot be in the house of God and you feel like you are not available for things. Neither are you willing for anything. Shall we read the scripture? Isaiah 6, 8. One go. God was looking for someone to use. And he said, look, he says, whom shall I send? That is who is available to be sent. Number two, and who will go? Who is willing? The kind of people God is looking for in this season to use to, to, to use for greater things are the people, number one, who are available and yes. There are some people, they are so willing. They really want to do the work of God, but because of work constraints, they are not available. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. There are some people, they are willing, they wish that they would give themselves for the things of God, but there are certain things that ties them and makes them, they have the willing hearts to do it, but they are not available. And there are others, they are available, they are around and around. Tell your neighbor, say they are around. Yes. They have got nothing going on. Or not much. But they are not willing. 
The other day, um, 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 someone was telling me, Papa, you see, that man, that guy, um, he said, there's somebody, his, his, his voice is like a frog. You need to change, move him. I said, you take the microphone and come and sing. What impudence, what audacity, infantry do you have to say somebody's voice? You, your voice, do you know how it sounds? Hey! If you have a good voice and you are saying it, we understand. But this one, he has never sung before. Says, the voice sounds froggy. I said, take the microphone and sing. If you give us a solo and it works, you are next in line. You must be available and also what? Willing. See, it is not, Jesus said, I mean, God said, who shall I send? That is availability and who will go? And Isaiah said, send me. I am here. I am willing to go. You must be available and you must be willing. You must have those two so that God can use you, ride on you and work with you. Now, let's, let's look at something here. To be available means to be attainable and what? That when we are looking for you to go do something in the house of God, we can easily assess you. Hello? Hello. Say kingdom behavior. kingdom behavior. So when we are looking for you to do things in the house of God and you cannot be assessed, you are here in Langata. You tell me you are in Trokana. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? And sometimes you look at someone. They are lying to you. And you see, one thing that sometimes it's interesting is when, when someone lies to me. I, I, it's, it's, just, it's just interesting. See, the, the last person to lie to is a prophet. Alright? It doesn't help you. You must be what? Accessible. Tell your neighbor accessible. accessible. When we say you are available, you, you must be available to God. To be used by God. In the house of God, God demands your availability. Tell your neighbor, God demands your availability. God demands your availability. Yes. Our next conference is 28th of December to 31st. We need you to be what? Available. You have the date over a month ahead. Plan. If you go to your village, come back here. And let's pray. Amen. Say be accessible. Be accessible. Yes, be available. And to be willing means to be ready and prepared and eager to do what you have been assigned to If you are not willing and you are not available, it is a dangerous place to be. You are not willing. You come to church, you don't, you are not in, in, in choir, you are not in intercessory, you are not in uh, protocol, you are not an usher, and you, you start abusing our ushers. Huh? You, are not, you, are, you are none of the above. Those people, when they were writing exams, they used to choose none of the above. Objective test A, 
B, C, D, none of the above. Tell your neighbor, be available. Be available. And be willing. And be willing. Some of, if we were to do a little test, everybody should bring your reports. Hey. Let me tell you a story. One day, one day, a father, they were moving houses. They had moved houses from one house to a new house. And um, the son had closed school. So the son took a report and brought it to the father. So the father looked at the report and started screaming at the son. So this is what you could produce after all the school fees are paid. Making noise, almost about to slap the boy. The son said, Papa, it is not my report. It's yours. <laughs> says, oh, are you sure? <laughs> anyway, tell your neighbor, be available. Be available. And be willing. And be willing. How many of us want to pledge to from today? You want to be available to God. To be willing. When it is time to come to serve, come and serve. Intercessors pray at night. Ushers, be available to be an usher. Be available to be a protocol. Be avail available to be in the security team. Be available to be in the choir. Media, there are so many things happening in the house of God. Be what? Available. Tell your neighbor, be available. Be available. Yes. Now let's go to the next slide. Now, the next thing that God requires of us as kingdom people is to what? Is to serve God with our what? Our lives, families, and resources. To serve God with our lives, families, and resources. Yeah, it's part of our roadmap, right? As a church, we say we are here to what? To, to, work, to connect with God through? We are here to grow. We are here to serve. Yeah, it's part of what we stand for as a ministry. And as a kingdom personality, God requires you to serve with your life with your family, and with your resources. The family that serves God is a family that succeeds. A family that stays, prays together, they say what? Stays together. It is required of you as a kingdom person to connect with God, with your family, with your children. See, do you know that when Muslims give birth, their children has got no question. They, they, there, it's, not, it's not a matter of debate or conversation to decide whether you go to the mosque or not. You have to go. Do you know that? Yes. Muslims, you have to be in the mosque whether you like it or not. But us, we are so liberal when it comes to our children. You just say, hey, me, I don't want to go to church. Okay, okay, sour, sour. You leave the child. 
And before you, by the time you get back from church, those three hours or two hours, the child would have invested on social media, studied and watched the wrong things. One day you are there, they will say something. Where did you know this? Yeah, the time you left them at home. So God requires us to serve him with our lives, our families, and our resources. It is God's requirement. And when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Apostle Paul was talking to the Corinthian church and he was using the Macedonian church as, um, as an example to tell them the Macedonian church are people that were giving, they were giving to, to, to his ministry, but they did not just give physical things. They first gave themselves to God and then they also gave. Ladies and gentlemen, God is not interested in your finances or in your money or in what the physical things you give to him if you are not ready to give yourself to him. Are we together? Yes, sir. God is not interested if you, you, you are not really ready to do anything for the Lord. Ask yourself today, what is it that you can do for God? How can you serve God? There is a difference between coming to church and serving God. Hello? Hello? Coming to church is a part of serving God, but that is not all to it. You must find, ask yourself, what can I do to serve him? Is there something else I can do to attract his attention in such a way that as God sits in heaven and looks at me and when things are going bad in your life, he says, this person serves me too well. I need to do this for him or her. Mm. Are we together? Yes, sir. Yes. You must be someone that you can, your service can attract the attention of heaven. One of the things that attracts Je Jehovah's attention is sacrifice in your service. Besides your prayer, when you are someone that can move beyond the call of duty and do something more than what ordinary people do, I'm telling you, it touches God than, than, than anything else. Because you see, I always say, God has never prayed to anybody. You know that? Yes, sir. God does not pray. Who is he praying to? No one. But God has once upon a time sacrificed. He sacrificed his only begotten son. So he understands sacrifice even more than your prayer. He can connect with sacrifice more than your prayer. So when you move beyond the call of duty and you are doing certain things for God, I'm telling you, he will remember you and honor you. Yes. See, if all your service to God is about convenience, I'm telling you, you are going nowhere. I mean, it must be convenient to you. You must be, I mean, everything should be about you. There is nothing that moves beyond the call of duty in your life to, to push yourself to do something for Jehovah. I'm telling you, there's a problem. Are we together? Yes, sir. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Neighbor. Don't serve God out of convenience. Don't serve God out of convenience. Serve him from the place of commitment. Serve him from the place of commitment. And from the place of sacrifice. And from the place of sacrifice. Yes. That is why Hezekiah could look into, can tell God, when God told him he was going to die, and he told God, me, die, I'm not dying. 
He said, I have served you too well to die. I can't die now. Can you imagine a man having such a conversation with God? When God is telling him, you, I am killing you. Prepare your way. You are going to die. The man said, no, sir, I can't. Remember the things I have done and add many more years to me. And God remembered. What can Jehovah remember about you? What is it that you have done that is so unique and so special that Jehovah can remember about you? Let's read. Now, let's take from verse 1. Give me from the Amplified. Shall we read one go? Now, he said, that says who? That says who? Now, Jehovah himself sent a message to Hezekiah. That, sir, you are going to die. Prepare yourself. Prepare your way. The word prepare, prepare your house simply means prepare your way. Have you been through something that you fear you're going to die? Have, 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 you, have you had a sickness? You were so unwell that you felt you were going to die. Yes. Is there anyone of you that have been there before? Yes. Hey, some years ago, I felt I was going to die. I started even writing my will. I was young then. I just completed campus. So, I, I was so unwell. I picked pen and paper. I said, in case I don't wake up, give this land to this person. Give this property. This, that my uncle is a wicked man. Don't give him anything. <laughs> the little things I had, I was sharing. I started sharing it on paper. But God told me I'm not dying now. I tell you, you cannot die premature. Amen. I speak over your life. For your services to Jehovah, you cannot die premature. I receive. I can confidently bet my life on it that none of you here shall die premature. I receive. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what the doctors diagnose you of. There is a covenant I have with God. And that is the covenant for long life. Amen. That it doesn't matter anybody under this covering. Amen. You are not allowed to die premature. Whether you have whichever disease or whichever cancer or whichever form of infirmity in your blood, you are disallowed from dying premature. Amen. I speak and I decree and declare that long life shall be your portion and good health shall be your portion. If you are here, shout, I receive it. I receive it. Yes. You are not allowed to die. I mean, there are people who have had strange accidents. Other people die and they don't die. Yes. It doesn't matter who have an accident. You, you cannot die. And whichever car you find yourself in, say, I will not die. I will not die. But I will leave. But I will leave. And declare the works of the Lord. And declare the works of the Lord. So the Bible says, God sent a message to Hezekiah and said, prepare your will for you are going to die. And next verse, Hezekiah, when he heard the message from a prophet Isaiah, turned his face to the wall and began to pray to the Lord, saying, please, Lord, remember now with compassion how I have walked before you in faithfulness. The phrase walked before you is the Hebrew word serve. In other words, how I have served you in faithfulness, in truth, and with a whole heart entirely devoted to you. Some of you, you are not entirely devoted to him. He says, God, I have served you too well. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Next verse. 
when the guy made a prayer to Jehovah and said, I have served you too well. I have been fully devoted to you. The Bible says, before Isaiah left Hezekiah's house, the same God that spoke to him to tell him, go tell him he was going to die, spoke back to the same man to tell him, go tell him, my servant, go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, that says who? The Lord. The God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. Behold, I am healing you and on the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. Next verse. And I will add 15 years to your life. Now, the same God that said he was going to die is the same God that said right now I have changed my mind. I am adding 15 years to you. He says I will heal you first and I will add 15 years to you. Can I tell you something? Yes. God is the one that gave Hezekiah the first prophecy that he was going to die. Can I tell you, any evil prophecy you have received, yes. any evil imagination in your mind, yes. any satanic report you have received, yes. I make a decree over your life. Yes. We overturn it. Over we overturn. Over we overturn. Over we overturn. Over Every satanic dream you have had, yes. anybody has had concerning you, yes. we decree and declare, yes. if God who gave a prophecy about death could change his mind, yeah. I declare over your life, you also you shall not suffer that disaster. You will not suffer that evil. It shall not come to your door. Any infirmity in your blood, in your body, in your bone. Today we declare, as Hezekiah was healed by five minutes of prayer, I declare over you, may you be healed. 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 In the name of Jesus. Maybe you is not a disease, but it's a negative report you have received from work, from any, from a certain organization. Yes. I stand on this altar and I declare yes. every evil report. Yes. We overturn it. Over we overturn it. Over we overturn. Over we overturn. Over we overturn. Over we overturn. Over In the name of, of Jesus. Jesus. The same man that wrote that evil report about you, they're about to change their minds. Amen. The same board meeting that they said they were going to fire you, yes. I declare, let there be a change of hearts. Uh, let there be a change of hearts. 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 In the name of, of Jesus. Jesus. Sit down for a minute. God changed his mind. You see, when I started reading scripture, Personally, one problem I've gotten into many times in the past was that I used not to change my mind. So once I say this, I said, me, I don't change my mind. Once I've said it, that's what is going to happen. So when I started reading scripture and I realized that even Jehovah God changes his mind, I said, how am I being? So I decided to also change my mind. Yeah, sometimes. Even Jehovah changes his mind. Ah, me, I don't change my mind. Me, I don't change my mind. Even God changes his mind. Hezekiah said, Papa God, I have served you too well. I can't die. And God had to change. When you are on your sick bed and you are at the point of, what is it that you can tell God about your life? Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you one thing. When you wake up from your bed, you leave your house to come for Kesha. It's part of sacrifice. When you come stand here to pray, 
Some of you, like I said earlier on, before I started preaching, some of you did not feel like coming to church, but you pushed yourself to still be in the house of God. It's part of sacrifice. When sometimes certain things doesn't work for you, you don't even have money. Your salary is not enough, but you are still tightened. It's part of sacrifice. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. There are certain sacrifices you do. Jehovah will see from heaven and preserve your life. Amen. That when others are going down, you can't go down. Amen. For the sake of his name. Amen. 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 Yeah. So, God requires us to serve him with our lives, our families, and our resources. Actually, exactly the main thing I wanted to talk about, I think possibly I'll have to um, start with it from next week, but it is still um, I'm, I'm in order. Give me the first scripture, 2 Corinthians 8, 1. Let's read through and we shall be blessed. Shall we read one go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. Okay, take me back to that scripture. If you are not very English inclined, you might miss what the scripture is saying. Shall we read it again? One go. D during an ordeal of abundance of joy and Okay, so somebody should explain to us what this scripture is saying. For during an ordeal of severe distress, their abundant joy and their deep poverty together overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. Somebody say, wow. Wow. What he's trying to say, because it looks like many people are confused. If you are not a lawyer, you may not be able to explain this English. <laughs> that the people of Macedonia they were in deep distress. They were in deep pain. They were suffering in poverty. But guess what? Even in their poverty and in their financial hardship, they were still ready to give. With joy. Are you getting my point? Yes. And that is why most of you continue to be broke. Why? Because you, want, you think that when you get money, you will tight. No. When you get money, you will give. No. So you will never get it. You give from the little you have. You tithe from the little you have. Then you get. That is the principle. If you don't wait to get before you give. You give from what you have. Then you what? You, you get more. That is the principle. The world will teach you hold and you prosper. The kingdom will teach you give and you prosper. And we are kingdom citizens. And so that is what we should go by. Amen? Yes. In the next few weeks, we are going to be giving generously towards our, our, our land. Tell your neighbor, towards our land. Towards our land. You need to prepare your heart to connect with it. Prepare your heart. I mean, uh, our, 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 one of our, lawyer, our lawyer told us that um, we, ha we had already finished negotiation. The guy comes and tells us, oh, you need to pay 16% tax. And 16% in an extra 40 million. 
in other words, he has realized that these people, they really need the land. So we need to find a way. I told him, I also told him, in fact, in case you don't know, I have another land I can buy. So you either make a decision to change that 16% you are talking about, or I move to the next land. I told him, whether you like it or not, we will buy land. We are either buying from you, or we are buying from someone else. So you better tell me what to do. And guess what? God will raise people here to make that vision possible. I receive the grace. Tell your neighbor, it shall be possible. It shall be possible. Yeah, so on the, sec on the second and third, second is a Saturday, third is a Sunday, we will be, prepare your mind and let God speak to you that from here, we are moving to our promised land. Tell your neighbor, our promised land. Our promised land. And you must desire to be part of that vision. Somehow. Amen? Amen? You must desire to be part of that vision. And I'm telling you, as you commit yourself, even if you have never done anything tangible for God, tell yourself, this one I want to do, I want to make a sacrifice towards this thing to an extent that heaven shall remember me. That I was part of the ones that built. See, anytime you commit to a church building, this is what happens. As long as that building stands, as long as that ministry stands, and people are getting blessed, people are being prayed for, you and your children receive generational blessing. Amen. The same way people can do something and generational cases come upon them, in the same way, you can undertake one adventure and your entire family shall begin to receive generational blessings. Amen. And that is the realm that we are going to go to. So, um, Apostle Paul said, the people in Macedonia, even in their poverty, they gave. Next verse. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their, they, beyond their what? They gave voluntarily. They gave from their hearts. Now, this is the part I like. He begging us insistently for the privilege of participating in the service for the support of the saints in Jerusalem. In other words, they were begging Apostle Paul to come and collect the offering. Say, sir, please come and collect the, this seed. Come and collect it. We don't want to keep it. Amen? Amen. Now, this is verse 5. Shall we all read this one? One go. They not only did they give materially as we hope, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to and to and to what? Yes. They did not just give physical things. They were ready. Say, man of God, whatever you want me to do, tell me. I'm giving myself as well. Tell me I will do. See, you must move beyond the call of duty and be able to connect with what is happening. Say, I am ready to do beyond what is required. I am giving myself for the service of God and I am also giving my substance as and when it's required. And Jehovah God shall activate a supernatural grace and blessing over your life. Amen. I always say, those that commit themselves to the Lord, they never suffer in the time of trouble. 
in the time of trouble, Jehovah God sent help. When you, when the enemy just feels like he's finishing you, all of a sudden, God will just come through. Why? Because you are committed to Jehovah. You are committed to him. I always say, hardly will you hear, I'm, I'm not saying that, hardly will you hear, most of you possibly have gone to several churches in the past. Did you ever hear that the senior pastor was in hospital for three months and never came to church to preach? Did, did you ever hear that? But haven't you heard some of your uncles and aunties and cousins, they stay in hospitals for three months and they don't come out? Hello? Hello. The question is, why? Is it that pastors don't suffer such casualties usually? Have you ever thought about that? All the churches you have ever been, you never hear. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does happen, but hardly does it happen. That a pastor will be in hospital for three months and never shows up. Why? Because pastors give their life to the service of the kingdom. So how? Or in the same way, the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. It, that scripture does not only connect to money. It connects to anything you give. As we give our time to the Lord, God also has a way of giving us time, which is life. When you commit yourself to God, there is a way he also repays you back with time. Right now, if you walk through this spiritual road and you meet a bodily built man and you slap him, I don't need to be a prophet to tell you that he will give it back to you, good measure, pressed down and shaking together and running over. Why? Because you sold a slap. So you reap what? A slap. So when you sow time to Jehovah, you reap time. Amen? When you sow finances to God, you reap what? Finances. I've, I've given you test, several testimonies of people I have helped in the past and they come back to help me and when they even help, I even get shocked. How this one now, this one now has become wealthy all of a sudden. You even begin to wonder how God raised people that you've possibly thought they had nothing and now they have become great men and great people. Like I was giving you an example. I saw somebody, somebody who I used to pay rent for the, the other time. I saw a bank account the other day, 24 million. I'm like, you, I used to pay 15,000 for you the other day. Where did you get this? She showed me, she's, get, she's been doing jobs, tenders, tenders, and they are paying 24. Small girl, less than 30, less than 25 even. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. 24 million. You, you are 47. How much do you have? Say, Lord, Lord, change my life. Change my life. Hear me. There is a way God has. See, there is one thing I've learned in life. Never despise anybody. Because the person you think is nobody now can be the one putting food on your table tomorrow. Yes. So, if you tend to Lord over people, step on people just because you think you are there. I'm telling you, within the shortest possible time, God will shock you. Are you hearing me? Just be upstanding. 
Are you blessed you came to church? Yes, sir. Put your hands together for Jesus. Now, I want you to talk to God. I want you to talk to God. And you are telling the Lord, Father, help me to be available unto you. Help me that I shall be a vessel you can count on, a vessel you can use. The Bible says, what do you have that you did not receive and you did receive it? Why are you acting as if you did not receive it? You see, everything we have is God's. That's why I said, even what you are wearing today, it was before I started preaching, that's why it was made available because of God. And he can even choose to give you more. Make one door open and give you more. Yes. And he can choose to make sure some people can die today and not wake up. And all that money you think you have stolen and kept in the bank, guess what? Somebody will enjoy it for you. And you see, when somebody is enjoying money, they didn't work for they enjoy it properly. Money that you did not work for is very easy. You enjoy it. So sometimes... When God demands something from you and you can't, just say, yes, I know I wanted to keep this for something, but I am willing to give. I know I had other businesses to do, but I'm willing to commit my time to Jehovah and serve him. Join that prayer meeting. Come for that rehearsal. Connect to the house of God. Do something for the Lord. I just want you to talk to God. The Father, give me a heart of service. A heart that I can be willing and I'll be willing to commit to you. Come on, begin to talk to the Lord. Just talk to God. Just talk to God. Just talk to God. Liba hazupra hale megadosh. Vazenene megadua azene metaya. Rapapala gadosh alala branta. Ipralosh etes. Ike yalabada.
that God will bring you to a place where you'll be ready to commit to him. Commit your time to him. Commit yourself to him. If you can find time to watch a Netflix series, you can find time to come for rehearsal. You can find time to join a department. You can find time to pray at night. You can find time. I pray that God will bring you to a place of commitment. That in this month of service, November we declare it our month of service. That you say, I want to commit myself to a department. I want to commit myself to serving God. Not just being in church. Coming in and going out. Father, make us vessels of honor. Vessels that are ready to serve you and commit to you. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want the media guys to project their uh, departmental list on the screen. Everybody open your eyes. If you, if you don't have a department, if you are not in any department, I want you to pick any of those departments and join. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I want you to join. There are so many departments. Administration, choir, counseling, evangelism, intercessory protocol, ushering, hospitality. So many. There is something you can do. You see, the reason why God has given you a skill and you are working in a certain office ask yourself how can I convert this knowledge I have into advancing God's kingdom that is where you find your purpose amen you don't just walk in and walk out I pray that God will bring you to a place Amen. if you need a department just any of the leaders you know after service even if you want to see me tell me man of God I want to join a department send me a message I'll connect you to the necessary departmental head or any of the pastors and they will help you so that you can join a department. I pray that from today, God will give you a heart of service. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. May Jehovah God touch you. That you'll be willing not just to come around, but to also serve and commit to his house. That you serve faithfully with your heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Have we prayed and everyone said amen. Amen.